0: Hubhopper Originals.
1: To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This is his first ball. Through the gap, on the offside, listen to it. Hello and welcome to the Cricket News Podcast Season 4. I am Rahul Pandey and it is time for episode two of this season's podcast. It is time to talk about what we talked about in this season's episode two. And this time around, I was joined by another special cricket personality. One of the nicest and warm human beings I've had the privilege of speaking with. He started out his cricket journey as a player in South Africa, and it is now being scripted in New Zealand in a different role a head coach with Auckland Cricket Association for almost two and a half years now, someone who has also worked with New Zealand and New Zealand A-side in the past. He was also a part of the New Zealand team that travelled to England earlier this summer and created history. I am talking about Heinrich Malan and we had quite the chat talking about his story. The stories of New Zealand cricket, in his words, and the story of cricket coaching, especially in the current world that we are living in. So without me flapping my gums anymore, here it is. World Test Champions and Coaching with Heinrich Malan. Hey, Henrik, great you have you on the podcast finally. How have you been and uh, what have you been up to in the lockdown? How have things been for you in the lockdown?
0: Yeah, all thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's been a while we're trying to set this up and exciting to, to be on board with you guys. Um, yeah, look, it's it's always an interesting time when you, uh, you know, got to be at home and, and, and you can't be out and about and, and, you know, I've got a couple of kids so trying to keep the kids busy and at the same time, you know, trying to Think outside the box with a uh, uh, potential of uh, you know our season being pushed back a little bit here with us being in lockdown again. But it's all exciting. Um, you know, it's rather safe uh, and to be sorry. And you know, at this point in time, we uh, we're doing pretty well as a country.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we wish for things to get back to normal pretty soon. I mean, it's it's just something we never expected. Just the other day, I was watching the test in England. The crowd singing their songs from the stands, cheering out loud. Sports is no doubt, as we say, the most important of least important things as of now. But again, that element of the game, the presence of the fans really was something we took for granted in the normal world. And to look back at it now, India toured New Zealand at the beginning of 2020, just last year, but really seems like a decade ago. Seems like a long time back.
0: Yeah, 100%. even, you know, thinking back to when we've uh, recently toured the UK with the Black apps uh, you know, our first day at Edgbaston when when there was about 18,000 people in there. And, you know, that first day was probably the, you know, even if you speak to some of the, the more senior guys in the side, but a lot of test cricket, it was probably one of their best days from an atmosphere perspective, you know, 100%, like you say, having crowds back, but also people enjoying being back at at sporting events. So, um, look, the, the normal, as you talk about, is, has probably shifted a, a couple of paradigms. But I guess at the end of the day, you know, it's also our responsibility as, as the, you know, either the coaches or the people working in the sporting industry to keep adapting and, and keep finding ways to bring that product to um, you know, hopefully put a couple of smiles on faces.
1: Yeah, definitely. And speaking of that cricket tour in England, you recently did pretty amazing stuff with the New Zealand team, part of that New Zealand team as the fourth coach. Uh, two big things beat England in England in that Test Series, and then go on to win the first World Test Championship by beating, well, let's just leave the name of the opposition team out there. But in fact, honestly, more than two months later now, since that historic day in Southampton, has it sunk in yet? Or is it the same?
0: Yeah, look, it's obviously, you know, having spending some time over there in the winter in the UK and um, being part of a, a team that's obviously played some incredible cricket over the last three or four years um, across the board, hasn't it? You know they've they've been pretty consistent in one day cricket, um, and then to get to the first World Test Championship final and actually get across the line is, is you know a, a special feat. Um, you know, so it was an unbelievable um, honour to to you know go part of of that trip to the UK and um, work with a wider squad. There was always going to be a couple of us came that came home before the the actual final, but you know, to play a small little part in that and, um, you know, being in and around um, some guys that's played a lot of Test cricket, like I've mentioned earlier, you know, and and seeing the excitement in their, in, in, you know, in their makeup and understanding how important it is, you know, as a, as a pinnacle event, even in their careers from a Test playing perspective was, you know, it was really, really cool to be part of that. And, um, yeah, you know, try to, as we were back in lockdown in New Zealand when the Test was on, um, you know, so watching every minute throughout the night and, um, you know, trying to sleep during the day so we can stay awake at night to watch the cricket so you know unbelievable times but it is something we'll treasure forever
1: yeah definitely before we move further into the discussion Heinrich tell us about your story in cricket I mean we all have our different stories in cricket but how's the ride been for you where did it start and how's it been for you so far
0: yeah look it's been an interesting ride and uh, it's been an exciting ride at the same time um I guess, as most of us grow up, you know, you from South Africa, where I'm originally from, um, you know, it's either trying to be a Springbok, like trying to play rugby for South Africa, or trying to, you know, play for the Pratia. So, I guess um, I was fortunate that I come from a family that were pretty good at both codes, and um, you know, played it up until I was probably about 20. Played both codes. Um, had to make a bit of a choice and and try to pursue the cricket route. Um, Played about first-class games, so you know I was, was always in, in in and about, not not a not a settled character within that space, and and I guess through that you know the the, the bug of, of working with kids was always there, and and I've always enjoyed trying to you know, see the improvement and trying to find different ways to work with different players, and um, at twenty seven. I wouldn't say I retired. I sort of just, you know, didn't play anymore. I uh, don't think I could retire from 11 first-class games. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't think I've done enough to retire, to be fair. Um, so, then started the coaching path and and, and worked at a, at a fantastic club in South Africa, the University of Pretoria Tax Cricket Club, um, you know, which has gone on to do great things and, um, you know, had some great facilities, um, some great players to work with. And, uh, started mm-hmm. coaching one of the franchise teams in south africa as or one of the teams that are part of the franchise teams in easterns um to so that for two years got married uh just as i was 30 uh which is about 10 years ago 11 years ago now and um yeah phoned my wife one day and said look i see there's a job going in new zealand i'm gonna apply nothing's gonna happen um yeah and about five months later we were living in napier you know and i was coaching mm-hmm. stags so Then the journey began for us um, in New Zealand, Um, and so we lived in Napier for six years, where I was really blessed working with some fantastic players and, you know, an an unbelievable organization um, with, you know, really quality people leading that organization. Um, You know, worked my way into being part of the Black Caps at certain stages, leading the New Zealand A campaigns, um, being part of that New Zealand A setup on a couple of inbound and outbound tours. Um, and then I moved up to Auckland a couple of years ago, um, you know, so it's, it's almost eight, eight and a half years later now living in New Zealand. Um, and uh, yeah, as, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm only just turned 40. So, you know, hopefully I'm I'm still pretty young and, and what this thing is that we call coaching and you know, I've got quite a bit of time to go and quite a few things to learn.
1: Definitely. And sounds really beautiful, you know, the, 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 the fact that know your journey has transcended across two different cricket loving nations, two different cricket frenzy nations and you know speaking on that you must have noticed I mean there's a cultural difference as far as cricket is concerned in every single country even in even here in Southeast Asia if you look at the countries that are playing cricket at the highest level there's difference when you travel from one country to another and there's not that much distance involved in the same as well but but what, what were the main difference in terms of cricket in South Africa and cricket in New Zealand that you witnessed when you made that shift?
0: Yeah, it's probably one of the biggest things that I had to adjust to as a coach. Uh, and, and honestly, it probably took me about 18 to 24 months um, to really get a grip and a handle for I wouldn't say the New Zealand way, but, you know, just working differently with the players, you know, in South Africa, probably where, you know, you from in, in India, is a lot more directive in terms of the way we coach. Um, you know, it's a lot more direct. This is the way you do things. Um, we over here, it's a little bit the other way around. You know, you got to plant some seeds. you got to get people to figure it out. Um, you've got to be pretty open and honest around some discussions that take place. You know, players take a little bit more ownership for the way they want to operate, um, which I guess, you know, there was another beautiful... You know, you, you talk about a journey a, a beautiful learning piece for me around coming from where I came from, doing it the way I had to do it um, over in South Africa and then learning in a total different way. Here. And now mm-hmm. I feel that's, you know, given me a really good understanding of being able to be that chameleon coach that, you know, if, if I can try, I can adapt to whoever's in front of me or whatever the group is that that's in front of me. So look I, I try and see those things as learnings um, it's challenging at the time but it's uh, you know once you look back on them and you can reflect on it if you can learn from it and move forward you know it, it puts you in a good position
1: well it's a tough job is what i make of it but um, now that we look at it in the current era in the current world that we are living in it makes so much more difference to what the game is all about it's it's it's, it's almost as if you know the, there's the human side of coaching is more required in in, in the current era uh, and we're going to talk about that but before that how have you enjoyed the cricket recently because we have had loads of it and we have had quite a variety of it so to say we've had the introduction of the hundred we've had t20 international games as well as franchise t20 cricket being played and then of course we've had test cricket as well uh, so you know, which, which format or which, which, which section, which segment of cricket have you enjoyed the more?
0: I think for, first and foremost, it just, uh, you know, when you think about us being excited about watching cricket again, maybe when you think about 24 months ago, you know, we were all taking cricket for granted, weren't we? You know, there was so yeah. much cricket on there, but we weren't really, I mean, I... But, we were watching, but you weren't really watching. Now you're all excited about, you know, getting on your phone, seeing what the schedule is like, um, yeah. you know, even planning, planning when you want to go for a run or walk or take the kids on a bike because you want to watch the CPL or, you know, uh, and look, to be fair, like I, I don't, I don't have a, a specific format that I enjoy the most. I, uh, uh, you know, I love four day cricket and, and, and test cricket. Um, you know, I've, I've only been at a couple of tests now, part of a coaching group and, you know, start my coaching journey off at Lords was, was an unbelievable one. Um, but I guess, you know, four-day cricket for me is, is, is all about the tradition and, and, and you know, the, the test of, of being a first-class cricketer. Uh, but also, you need those skills to progress into the, the white ball forms and, you know, building a strong foundation and fundamentals around how your game, you know, develops. So, yeah. um, look, in the same breath, I, I loved watching The 100. Um, it gave us so much more uh, of an insight into you know how you can look at the same product but term it differently and use a different language yeah, um, and again it it, it cop you know the same audience in a different way um, which was exciting so look it's i think as the game moves forward you know we've got to start being smart around the way we market it and yeah. and, and, and the way we think outside the box to to keep up with the trend of, of you know what the new generation wants and i guess from a coaching perspective it's the same isn't it you know you as a coach you've got to keep evolving with whoever's in front of you and um, you know, the yeah. kids of today, you know, want things totally different to the way that, you know, I, I wanted things when, when I was probably 20 years old. So I guess that's the challenge, but that's the fun piece of coaching. You know, every day is a, is a different sort of set of um, people in front of you and, and you got to try and find a way to connect to them.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and it's also quite fitting that in a year when we had the 100 being introduced to us, we have had the men's T20 World Cup is just around the corner. And the franchise T20 League season, as we were talking about, it has already been kicked off. Uh, there's T20 International Series going on as well. But then Test cricket seems to be doing pretty good, you know, regardless of all the disbelief that was there around its existence. Some of the people in the fraternity might have questioned it. The fans might have questioned it as a whole. Uh, but, you know, there it is, producing thrillers, getting its first World Test champions in the year. Uh, what are your emotions around this particular format in 2021? As a cricket coach who has been working at the top level, what do you make of this format in 2021?
0: Yeah, I guess the 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 thing that's that's grabbed the attention is creating some context around it again, isn't it? You know, when there's an actual World Test Championship with an understanding of, um, you know, how you can get there, some points to games to series. Is, uh, and look, you know, people will say some. Some people will say, look, the the structure needs to change. Some say it needs to stay the same. I think that's irrelevant. I think the the product of having an understanding that there's going to be um, points and a, and a winner and or uh, you know finalists and, and it builds up to a point where there's actually something to play for from a context perspective is has, has really generated a real look at things again from a test playing perspective. Um, and I guess, you know, as long as you're the best players in the world, um, keep performing, keep putting performances on the board, and it creates those games like it has over, you know, the last 18 months, um, you know, kids still want to be Virat Coley and de Villiers and, and, Kane, and Kane Williamson. You know, they want to be those guys. You know, you, there's the, in the moment, at the moment in New Zealand, obviously, you know, Kyle Jameson has been, a, has taken the world of test cricket to a storm, you know, and you know, a lot of kids. I mean, my three-year-old, all he wants to be is Kyle Jameson, You know, so I guess wow. it creates it creates context and it creates connection. Um, you know, and that was his platform. And you know, I'm to, you now, someone like Kyle would, you know, he would be a, a test pundit for the rest of his life, wouldn't he? You know, on the back of uh, his his rise in the international game
1: yeah he yeah, would, would definitely be in even if we talk about india the kind of impression that he has left even though we were on the receiving end of course and just before in the tour in the two match test series that india played against new zealand he put up a brilliant impression and then followed it up with that brilliant performance in the final, even in the IPL with the white ball, the way he bowled. I can say people are pretty excited to see him bowl in India later this year. So he's, of course, built a platform for him. Right then, summer of England 2021, will look, needless to say be a memorable one for you as well as the whole of New Zealand. But there's a process that went behind it, right? And, and we're, we're trying, going to talk about that process. Coaching being an intimate part of the game as we have uh, discussed uh, so far an intimate feature of the game especially in the current climate the bio bubble as we call it has brought more into play the more human side of player management and team management into play it's almost like the clue that was earlier needed to stick the team together in the past it it, it is needed now more than ever what has your experience been in regards to that?
0: Yeah, it's trying to find a balance, I guess, um, you know, because I guess when a little while ago, when you, when you go on tour, you know, everyone's excited for the first couple of days, you know, you, you get, you can see a, a couple of things you can get out and about. And then people always tend to revert back to their friends, even when they do go out. And, you know, when you're in a bubble, you, I mean, the, your team room is the only place you go, you know, so yeah. you, you're you in there the whole time with the same 25 people. That's, that's all it is. So, Look, I, I've really enjoyed that that piece of it. Um, you know, it, it, it helps with getting new people accustomed to spending time with each other, um, feeling part of things, um, getting to know different people from different backgrounds. Um, yeah. You know, so in a way, I think it's, it's, it's an awesome uh, byproduct of something that's, you know, the really tough situation. Moving forward, the challenge is obviously going to be that balance that I've just referred to. You know, when you think, Your best players now all of a sudden, um, you know, will be traveling from bubble to bubble to bubble. And we've already seen quite a few of the Australian players, quite a few of the English players pulling out of tests, pulling out of the IPL uh, on the back of, you know, spending a lot of time away. And uh, a tough piece for us at the bottom end of the world in New Zealand and Australia at the moment, is when you come back into the country, you've got to do 14 days managed isolation in a a hotel. Um, You know, so it's, it's a tough deal when you think you've just been on a tour for five weeks. Yeah. Then you land within New Zealand, but you still got to go into a hotel for two weeks before you can get home. So, I mean, all those sort of things are going to, you know, be part of the challenge of moving forward from a bubble life perspective. You will see, you know, currently New Zealand's touring in Bangladesh and um, quite a few people on on the staff all from a playing front's not there. Um, you know, and, and all it's all down to workload management. It's all about trying yeah. to figure out people can't be out of, you know, they don't want people to be in bubbles for more than 70 days. Um, you know, so... Yeah, it's an interesting one moving forward. And that that's like you say, you know, the, the well-being part of being a coach and, and understanding how to get the best out of people um, is gonna play a major role moving forward, and it always has, but it'll you know that it'll be even highlighted more so moving forward with you know the 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 force forcement of, of bubble life, um, and, and whatever that's gonna, but that's gonna be the new normal too, you know. So again, trying to find uh, a solution for that is, is the challenge. It's it's not going to go away in, in a hurry, and, and you know we've got to keep adapting to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. and one of the good things which you touched upon uh, to come out of all of that's been happening in the sporting world has been the discussion around mental health and how the sports fraternity as a whole has been very vocal about it, which is really good to see in 2021. Coming to another aspect of the game which you talked about, workload management, and... You know, there are no two ways about it. It is required with the number of formats the team are playing. I mean, the schedule for players, you know, it's it's crazy to just expect so much of them. And even given the biobubble restrictions, it it makes it things all the more tough for them as well as the team stuff. But then there's also a very less significant in terms of the whole picture, but significant in terms of the cricket to be played, a risk attached to it, that it may go wrong for a few teams when they try and workload manage the workload of players. And without citing any examples, we are going to agree, I hope, that it has gone wrong for a few teams in the recent past. But when I was researching on a piece for New Zealand just after the World Test Championship final ended, I kind of realized, I I sat back and realized that You guys got it all right during that tour. I mean, you know, there were two challenges facing New Zealand. One of them was, of course, winning the Test Series against England. And then the challenge to win the inaugural World Test Championship. And it seemed like, you know, everything went out fine. You know, even the young players who were part of the team really stepped into the game. What was the secret recipe behind it?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any secret recipe. I think there's there's a lot of planning that went into it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Gary did a lot of um, detailed planning around getting players loaded and the intensity up to a high level um, yeah. you know, before we left for the UK. So, you know, we had quite a few training camps um, and, and we've got a couple of, uh, you know, indoor facilities now, uh, grass indoor facilities that it, you know, it's like you're bowling outdoors um, even in the middle of winter. Yeah, so... You know, again, New Zealand cricket looking after the bigger picture and starting to create those facilities, you know, is, yeah. is, is a massive um, right, uh, step in the right direction. Um, yeah. And then just the way, it. you know, you talk about, you know, the perfect storm sometimes. The way it sort of worked out was, you know, resting all the sort of senior players after the first test at Lords, playing all the younger guys and then winning that game, you know, and then yeah. the, the senior guys, you know, coming back, and to play against India on the back of, you know, a real excitement within the squad. So, look, I think when you look at the domestic competition too, um, you know, a lot of players that have now had the opportunity to step into space, um, you know, whether it's been a Kyle Jamieson or, um, you know, some of those players that are coming into international cricket now on the back of a lot of domestic cricket, it shows that domestic cricket's pretty strong um, and it shows yeah. that the product that, you know, we're building from a domestic cricket perspective in New Zealand has worked. Um you know, that's the challenge also now. There's quite a few guys that's been in the domestic system now, 27, 28, played 100 first-class games. Um, you know, so the, the the bottom end of that form from a domestic perspective for us as domestic coaches is to keep developing players too because, um, you know, that it all works in cycles. So, you know, making yeah. sure that you keep trying ahead of that cycle. But, look, it's exciting to see, you know, the, where New Zealand cricket's moved to in the last seven or eight years. Um and look, to, to be part of that in various spheres is, is obviously pleasing. But um, look, it's, you know, the work's never done. And, and, you know, you always try and find new ways and, and methods to, to come up with different ways of doing things and, and trying to get players to be adaptable and, and, and play the situation in front of them, which I guess, you know, is currently their challenge in Bangladesh. You know, it's obviously the surfaces yeah. are totally different to what we used to over here. Um, yeah. And, you know, up until you, don't spe- up until you don't face someone bowling the ball at 90Ks an hour, turning it square, you can talk yeah. about it, but you know, you're know you not going to be 100% prepared
1: for it. So that, that's the yeah. big challenge, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. That's the beauty of cricket. Hope you're enjoying this episode of the Cricket News Podcast. Time for a little breather for you before we bombard you again with lots and lots of cricket content. So take a deep breath and we'll be right back. Even when you look at the squad, you just mentioned, you know, how the young players stepped up to the situation. But, you know, on a first glance, when we looked at the squad just before the final, as we obviously wanted to, you know, there's so many biggies. There are so many biggies of the international cricket right up there. And then you had Devin Conway making their debut at Lord's. You had Kyle Jemison, you have had Kyle Jemison for a year who has just rocked up test cricket in a way that very few have had. You've had Will Young, who was the highest run scorer for New Zealand in that second test, stepped up onto the occasion and ensured that they won the game from there. And, you know, just just to see the kind of depth that New Zealand demonstrated in those three games, it was just very much some for all the, the rest of the teams that are watching it but at the same time there were this, these discussions that you've just you know touched upon a little bit and we want to delve all into it right now whether you know and how domestic cricket, has ensured this kind of a depth uh, on the international scenario as someone who's been associated to it now for some time what, what, what have your what have been your takeaways about the domestic cricket uh, domestic cricket feature in new zealand
0: yeah i think you got to you got to start at the top um so you know you, you look at the the new zealand side um, i mean that black cap side you you know, you've you've got quite a few guys now: Latham, Williamson, Taylor, Nichols, mm. um, B.J. Watling. Even though he's retired, you know, but those guys played for New Zealand together for you know a hell of a long time, yeah. which meant um, you know there were some of these young guys. Um, you know, your Will Youngs, your uh, Mark Chapman's, um, you know, who's uh, they've played a little bit of international cricket, but they haven't been you know granted the opportunity through you know some players that are you know legends in the game within the New Zealand mm. sphere, which I've mentioned earlier. Um, you know, so they had to go back to domestic cricket and they really had to craft their their careers out. You know, you look at someone like Will Young who's got 12 first-loss hundreds now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you look at the the Australian side from the 2000s, you know, you had people 10,000 first-loss runs couldn't get into that side. You know, we, mm-hmm. we obviously don't have people with 10,000 first-loss runs, but you got people with, you know, double-digit um, first-loss hundreds now who doesn't play for the black caps, which is going to, you know, ensure that when you have a domestic product then that it becomes pretty strong, you know, and... I guess that's the the exciting piece. You know, we've seen the same uh, players play domestic cricket for a number of years now, and they've all got records that are, you know, averaging 45 plus, um, 10, 10 mm. plus um, hundreds in first class cricket. So it showed that they've got better over a period of time. Um, you talk about Devon Conway. Um, you know, Dev's, turned out runs over in New Zealand for the last four years, you know, it doesn't matter what, what competition he played in, um, he, was, you know, he was the leading run scorer in all three competitions for the last two years uh, from a domestic perspective, you know, so um, you know, him as a player that we always knew there was, you know, had the, the potential, you know, had the ability to play at a higher level, we're putting domestic bowlers, you know, to the sword so domestic bowlers had to go back and try and get better, you know, and, and you think then people like Bryce Tickner, Daffy. Uh, Duffy um, you know, these guys, Ravindra, you know, Sears were all part of that national setup now. Um, they had to go back and work out, you know, how they're going to get better against people that are actually pretty decent players, you know, who are 27, 28, and as, as young kids. So I guess it's it's been a bit of a, a perfect storm in that space. Um, and that's going to be the, the challenge, you know, keep moving forward is to, from a domestic point of view, again, you know, we have to make sure as domestic coaches, we keep producing players. That challenge on the domestic front that can keep putting pressure on, on the international players. You know, I, I think as a domestic coach, that's that's my job. My job is to try and um, develop my players so that I can uh, give a more polished product to the international team, you know, and, and then yeah. the, the coaches in the international space, you know, their job is to polish that stone, you know, and 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 make sure they they're comfortable with the role, comfortable with their, their team cohesion and um allow them to go out there and express themselves.
1: Yeah, Seems like a little bit difficult for players who have already been exposed to a little bit of international cricket but then you know they have had to come back and sort of hit their strides hard in domestic cricket as you're talking about and then to try and find that space in team again seems a little bit more difficult for them than someone who's starting out on the scene, has huge expectations but needs to deliver, take some time in order to have that opportunity. Have you you had that sort of experience when dealing with players who are returning back to domestic cricket in order to find that position, that sweet spot back into the playing 11 at the international scene?
0: Yes and no. I think most of the time when the guys come back, you know, that because they've been part of that international setup and... um, uh, I mean, I've I've I was part of that international setup for six weeks and I can guarantee you, you know, that's that's exactly where I will want to try and get back to, you know. And and that's just me from a coaching perspective, you know. So from a playing perspective, it's probably, you know, 10 times that feel of I want to try and get back yeah. into it, you know. So I think the I've been really blessed to work with some players that came back that, you know, got left out or found it hard when they started to then come back and actually turn the screws in terms of their work ethic. Um yeah. And, and, you know, the, the best part for me about that is once players that has had a bit of an international taste come back and then they actually um, tie their the screws down to become more diligent around their training, their preparation, you know, that rubs off on the rest of the people that plays domestic cricket. So all of a sudden, you know, you've got two or three other guys who feel, wow, if this guy can play international cricket and he's doing this, this, and this, then, you know, yeah. he sets the example to, to, to an extent. And I guess I've been really fortunate, you know, to have had quite a few guys who's played international cricket, but then came back um, to then set the standard of what's expected at that next level. And all of a sudden the whole team then rises up to that sort of standard and, and, and experience yeah. from having people come down to a domestic level. So, um, and I think that's a, in general, a, you know, a really good trade off of the New Zealand domestic scene is, you know, there's some diligent workers around the scene here. Um, you know, people work really hard. Um, we've become a lot more smart in the way we operate. Um, you know, we're obviously pretty small. We don't have huge budgets and, and things like that. But, um, you know, you've got some passionate people that want to try and yeah. uh, develop their players, um, you know, and, and and love seeing people perform and play well for the team, you know, and, and I think it's, if you have those sort of ingredients, um, you know, you've, you've you've got the making of, of something special. And, you know, it's been, uh, it's been good to see how the boys have operated for a period of time now.
1: Yeah. Certainly their passion has hit the nail hard and made the world of, them. And especially this whole journey that we have seen with New Zealand, the players who have been part of the team for some time now. We saw the Brendan McCullum story as the captain. Now we're watching the way Kane Williamson's story as the captain. It's, it's really been exciting for us as cricket fans to watch. But when we talk about the WTC final, when we talk about the New Zealand tour to England, one of the most discussed elements about this New Zealand side was the fast-polling attack. Now, I can tell you by my experience here in India, we're trying to play cool by learning how our fast bowlers are developing day by day, but I don't think we are cool. We just, we just get so wowed up when we watch them play the way they do. And I can certainly hope so that, you know, even for the people in New Zealand, this pace attack must, must be something you know, even with the experience of Neil Wagner, Trent bold Tim Saudi, when you have an edition of uh, someone like Kyle Jemison, it's just amazing to see that. Ahead of the final, when you when when you look at you know the, the way these four prepared, ahead of the tour, when you look at the way these four prepared, there must have been something special going into that because you know for a fact that in terms of Of the opposition, they are going to come up against you with that pace attack, even when we talk about the England team, and there's been that discussion in media outlets in England as well. The bowling is far more stronger than the batting is is what's been the discussion. And, and that sort of sums up test cricket in one word. There's, there's this one format where the bowlers try and rule the roost even now. But, but when we talk about the preparation, it must have been something to prepare for, for two different oppositions in terms of the three match test series, if we take it, two against England, the one final against India. Well, what did you notice in these four bowlers?
0: Look, the, the the most important piece probably is you know the uh, the understanding of the experience you have in that room. Um, you know, you've 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 failed to mention someone like Matt Henry. Um, you know, who every time he plays, I I I, I, I,
1: I would want to mention him in terms of the depth. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's
0: hundred percent man. Every time he's played, I think he's you know he's any play. I think or so tests, but I think he's been yeah. man of the match almost half of them. Um, yeah. But he can't, you know, he doesn't make the side on the back of those other players that you've mentioned. So even even look, the guess, reason, uh,
1: this is so sorry to intrude you, but even the reason we can't uh, mention Matt Henry is because of the 2019 World Cup semi-final and the scars that were given in the opening yeah. spell by Matt Henry. <laughs> we dismissed Rohit Sharma yeah. in that game, so yeah. But yeah, yeah the, look, I, no I think America, the
0: experience, yeah. yeah, the experience in the room. Um, you know, there was a real, real focus on making sure and ensuring that um, the focus was on England to start off with. Um, yeah. And there wasn't any talk about, you know, bowling to anyone else bar having, you know, those guys um, in front of them, which was the England team at that stage. Um, but then also, you know, you think you add someone new into the mix like a Jameson who comes with a total different breed. You know, he's totally different to, to those other guys that's been around the block a couple of times. So to then... You know see how open they are to you around figuring out you know what makes him tick and allowing him to be him um you know you look at all three of them they all four of them sorry they they so different in the way they operate um you know you talk about wagner being that real passionate guy you know saudi the consistency that he brings, bolt the, the skill that he brings um and then Jameson, you know, a bit of everything, um, you know, a bit yeah. of emotion, a bit of passion, a bit of skill, a bit of bounce, a bit of in-swing, out-swing, um, a bit of brilliance, um, yeah. you know. So just the way they, they feed off each other. Um, but to keep keep it really simple, and, and that's, you know, probably the, the biggest thing that you can learn from experienced players, how simple they keep things. You know, they knew that they had the two test series against England they got to look after, um, and that was the focus. Understanding that they – um, have a bigger picture at the end of it but it wasn't focusing on the bigger picture it was focusing on test at lords the test in birmingham um, you know and if you look after those small little pieces um the, the big picture will look after themselves and, and i guess it's the ultimate understanding of what a process is you know when you look at how this three test series played out with looking after the small pieces yeah. and then that big piece looking after itself you know because you had people in and out different players playing on different workloads um, you know, players resting to then do their work in the nets um, when we played at in, 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 in Warwickshire, at Edgbaston, um, you know, and, and getting ready physically, but also mentally to, um, you know, go out there in Southampton and, and, and what is by all accounts, you know, the test of their, of their careers, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'll be honest with you, if I had the opportunity, just for five, even for five minutes, which is, which, I, which is too much for what I'm going to ask for to captain them at any stage, I might as well be so confident that I would have wanted to recreate a Fast and the Furious 4 sequence because just the passion and the elements around them as a unit seems really exciting. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always an incomplete discussion when we talk about New Zealand cricket and we don't mention Kane Williamson. I mean, you know, it's he's just so cool. The man is a gem. I mean, the adjectives that we use to describe how cool an individual is, they all fall short when we are talking about Kane Williamson, especially his, his rise alongside New Zealand cricket's rise is something that's synonymous for a coach. He must be a dream captain, wasn't he? Uh, look, he uh, I mean,
0: he's he's next level, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's like you say, you know, he's. He's got some pretty fiery characters from a bowling perspective um, that he's got to manage, um, which he does pretty well. Um, He's, you know, he sets the tone from a batting perspective in terms of the way he goes out there um, and fights through different periods, um, reads the game unbelievably well. Um, You know, he's he's obviously now got some experienced players around him. Um, You know, he uses Southie and, and Ross really well and, and getting information, um, you know, Tommy Latham has now step up to be captain in various formats um, and, and being a real senior player voice in mm. that change room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, it, it, you know, it doesn't say a lot, um, Kane, you know, but when he talks, everyone listens. Um, you know, yeah. he's, he's definitely one of those characters and one of those players, um, you know, and, and, and it's always really measured in the way that he comes across. Um, And I guess it's, you know, it's, it's, it's put him in a really strong position um, controlling the troops that he has to his disposal, the way that he operates, you know, and um, it's, it's been great to see, you know, how he has stepped in to that role of the leader um, and in all formats, isn't it? You know, and and, and being the guy that, um, you know, carries a a massive brunt of the workload too, you know, as the captain, because it's, it's you know it's not just rocking up and batting. There's there's all these you know conversations, planning, structures behind the scenes that that he's a part of um, to make sure that the product is the product that that comes out there at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. You you cannot not love Kane Williamson if you love cricket. That's the thing.
0: Yep, 100. percent And I guess you know you you look around the around the world. There's a lot of kids who you know. When you think about Kane Williamson, they all want to play the ball late. They all want to, you know, um, play with soft hands and all. Yeah. All the there's the, there's things that goes with the Kane Williamson mantra, isn't it? You know, the yeah. the, the, the cool calmness run what he brings to the game of cricket. Definitely.
1: Hope you're enjoying this episode of the Cricket News Podcast. Time for a little breather for you before we bombard you again with lots and lots of cricket content. So take a deep breath and we'll be right back. Right then we are coming towards an exciting segment that we have introduced to the Cricket News Podcast this season, Rapid Fire Round. And there's a five second window for you to answer the questions that I'll be putting forward. Some of them will be to just put you in the tough spot. But that's just a fun element of the game that we're trying to induce. So first things first, first cricket game you remember watching. Uh, My old man
0: played a Sunday league game when I was about seven or eight.
1: Nice, nice. Last cricket game that you watched?
0: Uh, CPL game this morning
1: on TV. Brilliant. First childhood cricket hero? Brian McMillan, 92 World Cup. To the point. Nice. Best cricket ground you've been to? And this in terms of experience, the atmosphere, and more importantly, the food
0: atmosphere first day in edgbaston food lords can't go past it unbelievable all the the stories are true
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what i wanted the confirmation on your best cricketing memory so far
0: Uh, uh just seeing some of my boys perform at international cricket through the last you know 12 years that i've that i've been a first class coach i guess you know i get judged on trophies but at the end of the day you know what makes me get up in the morning is seeing, you know the players that i work with you know get better and, and and fulfill some of their dreams which you know allows me to have a fantastic job so you know just the, the part of my players moving forward is probably what i what i enjoy most
1: spoken like a true coach what's your one hot take in on cricket that others won't be able to digest
0: uh, Time management, probably around you know how slow cricketers are. Yes, you know, it's, it's just probably a BM <laughs> up on it. I get worked up with things like that if people aren't on time. Probably <laughs>
1: that's that's one heck of a thing you mentioned. And speaking of that, we also have had this question that I put a little down, but I'm just going to ask you now that you have mentioned it. Which New Zealand player, when you were with the team, was always late for breakfast?
0: Oh, it's a good question. I'm trying to think quickly. There's a couple of that I can remember. There was always early. Um, okay. But uh, this, I think there's, I oh, can't really remember, to be fair. Um, if, if as we're talking, I remember, I'll, I'll throw it in there. I'm trying to work through my head when we were at Southampton. Yeah, I'm Lewis, looking so forward to that way. answer. I'm, I'm yeah, looking yeah, I'll forward work through to, it as we go.
1: I'm looking forward to a player I can relate to most in terms of life. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> now, well, I'm always early. So uh, that's probably the opposite. <laughs> Well, then I, I won't be able to relate to you in any sense now. Thank you so much. I think. But what's, what's been a tough cricket memory for you to take? Uh, probably not
0: playing international cricket. Um, you know, that's probably the one thing that we all set out to do. And, you know, you want to get tested at, 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 at the highest level to, to see if you're actually good enough. Mm. Uh, but then to redirect some of those dreams, and you know, not my dreams, obviously, to try and coach an international side at some mm. stage and yeah. in, in my coaching career. And so that, you know, the fire's still burning. And, you know, hopefully, when, whenever we have this conversation, someday in the past, I don't have to give you the same answer around my coaching career.
1: Definitely and delightful for the way you answered that one. Which now coming back to the New Zealand team and staff discussions, we're obviously going to bring a lot of more topics. but. Which player was the life of the winning part?
0: Trent Bolt's always up to something. Um, he, yeah. Him and him and, Saudi, um, and then you add a little bit of Wagner, and they Look, you know, they formed such a formidable trio, those guys, you know, on off yeah. the field. Um, they always up to something, to be fair. But yeah, Bolt, he's, look, he's busy. He's always up to something. And, you know, um, he
1: keeps people honest, which is always exciting to have a guy like that around the group. Definitely. Which coaching staff member was the life of the party? Come on, Heinrich. I've got big <laughs> Shane, expectations. Shane Jurgensen is absolutely <laughs> out there. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, Jergo is an absolute ripper. Um, he's, he goes for his ten k walks every morning, five o'clock. Um, you know, always up to something. Um, first man to you know to be out there, set up the warm up stuff. Um very diligent in the way he operates. Um, first man to open a beer, first man to celebrate success after a long day, um, you know, sit down, get the boys in recovery. Um, generally, the the life of the coaching staff, I would guess Shane Jorgensen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Your best memory from the current tour to England?
0: Yeah, probably just, the, you know, being in and behind the sanctum of lords, um, unbelievable. Um, and then the first day at Edgbaston, 100%. That was the best day of cricket I've ever had in my whole life.
1: It's nice to hear that. And now a little tough one. There won't be around if there aren't tough ones, but now let's ask this. Um, as they do call it, the Fab Four, which is your pick. Kane, Williamson, Virat, Kohli, Steve, Smith, or Joe Root?
0: How many can I pick? Only one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's the fun part.
0: Oh, geez, like it's an unbelievable tough question, then. Um, and I, yeah, I think you sell your short either way, whichever one you pick. Um, probably I've got to go with Kane. You know, just just being <laughs> uh, being being a New Zealander. Um, you know the yeah. way he operates, the, the the record that he has. Um, you know, winning trophies, um, being part of fantastic teams. Yeah, I've probably got to go with Kane. But I mean, all four of those guys, you add people like Tavilias in there. Um, yeah, yeah good, good luck picking the, the the ultimate winner to that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, but you picked up a nice alley to walk into in that question. So I'm going to put you in a little more tough spot now. Your pick amongst Ross Taylor, Kane Williamson or BJ Watley?
0: Oh, it just depends what you're looking for when you say your pick.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, um, it's just, you know, what's all I'll, you... yeah, I'll, I'll play it differently.
0: Yeah, I'll play it differently. i I'll probably think, you know, if you look at the consistency and the grit and determination that that I sort of, you know, grew up with, um, and I know that yeah. BJ was born in South Africa. But look, I really enjoyed the way that BJ goes about his business, you know, pretty stubborn man around how he operates, you know, diligent worker, um, puts yeah. his head down. Um, and then he's shown, you know, in quite a few difficult situations across his career that that stubbornness, um, which is a great stubbornness to have when you need it, um, when the chips are down, you know, comes to the fore. And um, so out of those three, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll pick BJ um yeah. to you know come out then and and produce the the goods as he's as he's shown over you know his career.
1: Yeah, there was quite the atmosphere around him in that world, this championship final. We obviously saw his interview just after the game. And he was just so thankful to the journey that he had been part of. But quite frankly, it'd been a huge part of that New Zealand side as well, you know, winning the games for them from situations where New Zealand might have thought, you know, okay, this game is not in our hand, but he's been that kind of a player for the team. Surely one to be missed out by world cricket and cricket fans as well. And now for some near future predictions, Heinrich your dream t20 world cup final this year which are the two teams will feature in that
0: i'd like to say that um, you know i'd like to see a replay of the world uh, the one day world cup um
1: okay
0: just uh, see if we can maybe you know turn the tables on that one um but look you know it's, it's, it's going to be a, a huge world cup um i think you know the conditions is going to be different with the ipl being just in in front of the the world cup obviously so yeah you know there'll be some different tactics um on on some different conditions so it's all it's all going to be you know it's going to bring different teams into the equation that you know we haven't even thought of which is exciting you know because you're um the conditions are going to be a little bit more challenging but i guess you know it'll be intriguing um but hopefully um we can replay that you know one day World Cup final at Lords, and um, you know somewhere in the UAE, um, turn the tables, which will uh, you know be a, a really good turnaround, won't it?
1: Thanks for the hopes, Heinrich. Thanks for the four hopes, <laughs> for all of India <laughs> and all the fans who'll watch this. But yeah. Okay. So, speak of that, your dream 2023 World Test Championship final.
0: It would be so fitting if it's New Zealand and India again, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, you know, and I would to love give it,
1: love for that premier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> give it a replay, um, you know, a couple of years later. Um, you know, you never know; there might be a couple of players that's moved on from there. Um, yeah. You know, and, and and it might be a little bit of a different looking um, teams playing each other. But yeah. look, uh, I think there's quite a few people that's um, you know up for the challenge around trying to get there again on on both sides of the coin. Um, you know, I guess from an Indian perspective. You know, quite a few of, of the players feel like there's a bit of unfinished business there. And, and I guess from a New Zealand perspective, you know, quite a few players would, um, you know, like to try and get um, two up on them, you know. So um, um, one of my very good friends is the trainer of the Indian side. So, you know, it's, okay. uh, it's always good to, to have a bit of banter. And that Nick Webb, yeah. uh, it's always good to have a little bit of banter in that space with him. Um, you know, he, yeah. used, he used to work with me when, uh, at, at CD. He was my trainer there. So, you know, know mm. him pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I w- it would be lovely to watch uh, an India New Zealand final in, you know, sort of near future. And it would be lovely for me to have that opportunity to text you as well, with a little bit of a banter, as you just mentioned. But yeah, it has been a real pleasure Heinrich talking to you about all the different aspects of coaching. But, but if there's really one message that you know, you'd know, you want to put out just in terms of the climate that we are in to, to the players the, and, and just one of your takeaways, just one of your key takeaways from the time that cricket, as all the other industries in the world, has endured in the last one and a half years, what would that be?
0: Yeah, look. I guess at the end of the day, you know, at the moment, life isn't normal. Um, but you know what is normal, and I guess that's one of the, the things that I keep asking my players that I work with on a, you know, <laughs> on Zoom at the moment. We have a, quite a few Zoom meetings at the moment, and yeah. and I guess it's it's trying to be adaptable and fluid. You know, we always talk about those nice little words. You know, let's be fluid, let's be adaptable. But here's our challenge: to be fluid and adaptable. So it's all the action pieces to that. Now that's that's in front of us. So um, yeah. you know, trying trying to is the glass half full or half empty? You know, that's that's the way we have going to look at it. And, and hopefully we see it as, as half empty so we can keep filling it up.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Andrik. Thank you so much for taking our time to join us for this pod. We wish you the best for the upcoming season. All right, folks, that is going to be it for our second episode of season four of the Cricket News Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Take care. Bye-bye.